Welcome to this week's edition of the Casual Shooters Podcast, your premier podcast for the casual shooter. This week's podcast is with a carry optics grandmaster that has a website dedicated to training and getting better at shooting. So you could say this week's episode goes right along with the casual shooter and how it's the premier podcast for the casual shooter because you should be able to learn something. So with that, join me in welcoming to the show, Brian Perkins. There we go. How you doing, Brian? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Good, good. Sometimes it takes a second when doing some one-man show trying to operate everything, but it's oh, all yeah. good. Sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, why don't you take a moment and introduce yourself? Yeah, yeah well... I'm Brian Perkis. I go under the handle Lockback um, on the social media as well as the dot com. I am primarily a, a USPSA shooter, uh, though I've dabbled in precision rifle, running guns, tactical this, tac you know, I, I've, I've messed around with all of the different formats at one point or another, except for cowboy action. I still want to check that off the list at some point. Um, and, you know, I'm, I've fallen in love with pistol shooting. I've been very focused on, on pistol shooting for past few years and really just trying to push it as much as I can. And the, the more I train, the more, the more I enjoy it. It's, it's causing a rather vicious cycle right now where just like <laughs> I really get into it, get down into the details, and then I open up a whole new world of details to dig in even deeper and deeper. <laughs> And it's a, it's a very deep rabbit hole for sure. Pretty soon you're going to be at the core of the earth. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe, you know, be I, maybe before you retire from shooting altogether. Well, we'll see. That's, that's what's so great about, about all of this, where there, there's always more. You were trying to find the balance of accuracy and speed in the practical shooting world. So anytime you raise the bar on on uh, on speed, well, now you can catch up with accuracy, and so you're just leapfrogging over and over again. And maybe maybe we'll we'll hit the limit of human function at some point, but that's still a long ways off. Okay. Let me write down um, a quick note to ask mm -hmm. you later. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, so as far as kind of my journey, um, I, I've had guns, you know, I've pl played with guns and I did paintball. I had an air rifle that I'd run around on my parents' property and, and mess around with that. I got my concealed carry permit pretty much as soon as I turned 21. I, I was finding instructors that were as close as possible to my birth date so I could take the class and get that as absolutely as soon as possible. And then I had a small little collection of firearms and kind of just was one of those casual gun owners that went to the range once in a blue moon for a while. Um, I did go to a, <laughs> a shooting competition somewhere in that point. <laughs> um, well, it was, it was hosted right. by, it was a charitable, a charitable pistol shoot organized by people who had seen kind of USPSA and IDPA, but didn't really know anything about it. So it was pretty right. much like USPSA I'm, stages. Yeah. I'm going to stop you there for a second, Brian. Uh -huh. And uh, we're going to, we're going to get into some yeah. other um, way cool. more important questions right at the oh, beginning. Am I getting too ahead? 
I'm getting too ahead. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. I love the enthusiasm. We're good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So uh, we've got to get some basic questions out of the way first. Uh Uh-huh. And we're going to start with one of the hard ones. What's your favorite movie? Favorite movie? uh, I've got to go with the the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Okay. All right. So it's a trio of movies. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they work quite well in concert. So are you more of a science fiction kind of a guy? Yeah, um, I hop between science fiction and fantasy. Um, right now I am on a little bit of, of a sci-fi kick. Uh, I actually just finished Ender's Game for, I think, like the fourth time last night, actually. I think it oh, was wow. that, yeah. Okay. Now, in just about uh, four days, it's not a science fiction or fantasy movie, but John Wick is opening. Are you going to mm-hmm. be there? Um, I will see it at some point. Um, I tend to go to movies after they've been out for a little bit and the crowds die down a little bit. Okay. You start getting that Tuesday discount? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Question number two, favorite book? Yeah, book. Yeah, I was put some thought into that one. And man, it's 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 a hard one. Um, uh Gosh, yeah. I mean, deep work by Cal Newport is is awesome, and peak performance is awesome. And it's been a while since I've read either of them, so I'm going to cop out a little bit, and I'm not sure which one's my favorite. I need probably should reread them. Both of them are are, are quite good. Peak performance, highly recommend as a book if y'all are looking to uh, you know get better at most anything. Um, oh. Yeah, and then as far as the novel side goes, I it's I am I am really digging the Ender's Game series at the moment. So previously, we probably would have been Lord of the Rings, but right now I'll have probably have to go with Ender's Game for the novel side of things. So I cheated the question and gave you several answers. That's okay. I'm all right with that. <laughs> this uh, let's go back to Deep Work for a minute because I had not mm-hmm. heard of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it says Deep Work rules for focused success in a distracted world mm-hmm. hmm very interesting yeah yeah that, that I... one um go it, it's very much talking it's very much talking about how how do we get into the zone how do we pick a thing and focus on it and work on it and you know it, it, even on, on like the the casual level like stop getting distracted by notifications and silence the notifications but then also just how can we wire the rewire the brain we're so inundated by notifications and you know we we don't just watch a tv show we watch a tv show while scrolling on our phones and having a half-assed conversation with our significant others and just all of this split focus is pretty much one of the worst ways that you could get anything done you know it's not multitasking it's task switching you're not actually doing two things at once. You're just hopping back and forth between the two. And it takes time to reorient the brain from task to task. So the book dives into methods and strategies on how we can get our brain rewired to actually focus in on something. And it, it is a literal physical rewiring of our brain because it's getting so disjointed and easily distracted um, which is impacting all sorts of things. And within the context of this conversation, how are you going to get better if you can't focus on what you're doing? Yeah. I, and I'm just going to, I'm going to read two 
Um, I just read while you were talking. So I just did exactly what the book says you shouldn't be doing. While you're talking, I'm reading. <laughs> I hear you, and I know what you're saying, but I also quickly in two paragraphs was able to pick out two sentences, which probably best describes this book and what you just said. Ties it all together. Yeah. One, deep work is the ability to focus without distraction on a cognitively demanding task. And second paragraph down here, it says he presents a rigorous training regimen presented as a series of four rules for transforming your mind and habits to support this skill, which is also what you said. So, yeah, that sounds like a very interesting book. Highly recommend uh, anything by Cal Newport for that matter. He's written a handful of books. It's all really good stuff. I think I'm going to have to uh, put that on my Kindle list. Yeah, no, definitely a good one. All right. I like it. That's a little different um, in the mental management mm -hmm. aspect of things. So mm -hmm. I like that. That's actually yeah. focusing. Okay. Yeah, it, it is a little bit more on the, the kind of the business focus, but everything is just directly applicable to all of life. Of course. It, you should be able to take things and apply them in other areas. It shouldn't just be mm -hmm. one little thing. All right. I don't know if you're under uh, the superhero genre. Mm -hmm. um, if you are, who would be your favorite yeah. superhero? If not, we can go with favorite historical figure. Or since you've been <laughs> giving more than one answer, we can do both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, well, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have to go with Captain America. You know, it's classic. And I've got bits and pieces of a Captain America costume lying around here. I even went to a, a match as Captain America. That was fun. Um, but it, since you tossed out historical, whew, gosh, I don't know. Um, I mean, Captain Winters is definitely a good one to, to go to. I did just recently rewatch Band of Brothers, so that one's somewhat top of mind. So there you go. Okay. I'm not overly familiar with him, but okay, I take it he was in the Army and during World War II. Yeah, 101st Airborne, paratroopers, um, dropped in on D-Day and... Went all the way to Hitler's nest and climbed the ranks along the way. Okay. That actually sounds like a very interesting story. I just read one by Brad Meltzer called The Nazi Conspiracy. That's pretty good. It was a, um, uh, I, I don't want to call it a biography, but uh, it was about, you had Stalin, Churchill, and uh, Roosevelt all meeting in Iran the first time they all met in person. And there was some intelligence that led them to believe that there were, the Nazis had intercepted some uh, communications, knew they were there and had airdropped some troops in. So they were going to try and assassinate the three leaders. That was pretty interesting. So I like that kind of genre. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, Band of Brothers by Stephen E. Ambrose. It's a good one. All right. Favorite gun, favorite caliber. They don't have to be intertwined together. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I was thinking on this one. And I mean, gear annoys me. Just straight up, I get annoyed by gear. I just want to train. I don't want to have to worry about the gun and futz with the stuff. And so, you know what I did? I went open. I mean. <laughs> okay. I mean, 
the the most gear intensive and finicky division it's it's definitely been a learning journey i i um you know grandmaster and carry optics and so i guess nine nine millimeter pistol i mean it's the universal universal thing um Mm -hmm. and and so nine i'll go with that for the caliber and i shot the ccp10 for a while and man the plastic fantastics you can use and abuse and not have to clean them and they'll 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 run and just go and get dry as a bone and i can watch the slide go and it it's still it still will get me through a match but uh tune 2011s with their tight tolerances and and whatnot um it's a whole new platform and a whole new learning curve and it just reminds me how much like i i don't like gear i'm not a gear person i I just want to train i mean you know my shirt says never stop training so i just want to train um so yeah i don't i really don't have much of a favorite gun it's just whatever one works for whatever i'm pursuing which is happens to be open right now um i don't know i guess maybe if i had to pick something the czp 10 line is is definitely a good one and served me very well for quite a few years before i dropped carry optics and went open (laughs) but but of all time what's your favorite gun yeah, I'll, I'll have to go with the, I guess the CZP 10 F that one has served me the, the most over the years. And I, I definitely have the most rounds downrange through the CZP 10 F. So, okay. And nine mil. Yeah. Okay. That's a very, um, general purpose round. Good for mm-hmm. everyone. All right. <clears throat> now you said earlier that mm-hmm. you had a paintball gun, you had an air rifle gun. Mm-hmm. About what age would you say was the first time you fired a center fire firearm of any kind? Oof. Um, I'll, I'll even say rim fire. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I think my first center fire was probably a... 20 gauge shotgun in the boy scouts and pro- that was probably where my first rim fire was as well okay how far did you go in the boy scouts yeah. I, I i went all the way to eagle oh so you yeah. and mason lane have some something in common he was a yep. scout i don't know if you knew that no i did not know that yeah, but I, yeah okay I it. so you you fired a 12 gauge now, at what point um, did you shoot guns throughout your childhood, or was the Boy Scouts the only time? Um, for as far as real firearms goes, um, just kind of, you know, casual, the casual, the um, you know, Boy Scouts at summer camp, and got my rifle rebadge and that type of thing, and occasional opportunities to go to the shooting range with with friends and family and whatnot. Um, but, but like I said, I, I did a lot of paintball on my parents' property with, with friends and, and had a uh, little pump, pump, a pellet gun that I'd run around the woods with and shoot army men and tin cans and that type of a thing. Um, I did get my first firearm when I was 16. Um, it was a mm. break open, uh, 410 shotgun. That was my granddad's that he got when he was 16. Um, I think I've shot, shot it once. Um, 
and so then family heirloom. Yeah, yeah, that's very much not a not a not a running gun <laughs> type of a <laughs> firearm. You're not um, using that in two gun. No, no. <laughs> or multi gun or three gun or any of it. No, no, that one that one stays tucked in the safe. Um, let's see. I think I think my my next firearm was just a Mossberg pump action shotgun. I think I got that before my first handgun when I turned 21, which was a Walther P99 40 cal. Yeah, well, so okay. Carried carried that um for for a while. Um and and then it was in that period of time where I just kind of started slowly collecting firearms. So like I said earlier, I was still kind of just like a casual gun owner going to the range occasionally. Didn't even really know what dry fire was at that point. Um, ended up at a shooting competition that was organized by people that didn't really know what they were doing. And so it was like a USPSA match, but there was no time. So I just walked super slowly, took very careful aim with every single shot and got second. And... Um, never didn't come back to competition for a few years. You know, I just didn't quite know <laughs> what competition was supposed to be. Um, and what was it? I think it was, yeah. So it was when I moved up to Austin, I had grown up in San Antonio, um, lived there until I was my, in my mid twenties, moved to Austin and didn't have any friends in or anything like that. So I was like, okay, I'll join the local gun club. Oh, look, they have stuff on their calendar. Oh, IDPA match. Sure. Why not? I'll grab, grab a pistol, went to local IDPA match. Like so many people getting into, into shooting competitions, uh, go to the local IDPA club and, you know, plink away, getting better. I think I got a, was it the Walther PPQ somewhere, somewhere in there. So I was shooting my Walther PPQ which turned into my carry gun at some point in there. Um, and okay, I'm starting to climb the ranks. Okay, cool. I got, I got top 10 at the local IDPA match. What else is out there? Oh, look, it's a, a USPSA match. Let me try that out. Yeah. I wasn't even in the top 50% at the, <laughs> at our, our USPSA match. And, oh gosh, man, these people are going fast. I'm, mm, that's when I started getting bit by the bug, okay, uh, getting so... into it. Your first IDPA and USPSA match, were you shooting iron sights? Yes. Okay. So I take it production mm. in USPSA or did you do limited minor? No, I did limited minor. I, I okay. didn't, like, like many people didn't fully understand the implications of minor versus major and, and the gaming of the system and all of that. And so it's like, oh, I got, I got magazines. Let me just top off my magazines, you know? Heard the story a hundred times, um, and I was getting into it, and then I did what a lot of other people did. It's like, okay, let me let me do all the googling and research and figure out the perfect gun for all the divisions. I ended up on the the P three twenty. This was it was up for um, the proposals for being adopted by military, by the military. Yeah. So was, st I started shooting it before that, and then was shooting it. And it's like, okay. I, I, the aftermarket's going to grow. Okay. This gun, I can, I can do the grip module swap out and I can make it legal for, for all of the different divisions that I can hop between that I totally will. And that never did. Um, and, <laughs> and I, I, I don't think I even ever got a single conversion kit. And I went to the, 
the RO certification class. And I was at the RO certification class. And on the second day, I can't remember. I forgot something. I think I had, I think it might've been my gun. Like I had my belt, I had my magazines, I had everything. I just forgot the gun and I need, needed to go through. It's like, oh, P320, here you go. And the guy tossed me his carry optics P320. First time ever shooting a, a red dot on a pistol was at a little practice, the little practice stage while we're ROing each other to get our USPSA certification. Like, oh, I, I like this. I like this. I like this dot thing. Shot the stage and I was like, that was fast. And of course it was a P320 to a P320. So my index was there and everything was fine. Everything felt like, like normal that I had been practicing with. And oh, yeah, I, I got to give me one of those. So I went out and got the, the X5. Yeah, the P320 X5. This was before there were any of the variants of, of the X5. So the X5 was the, you know, they didn't even have the tungsten grip version yet. Um, so that was the, the gamer gun of, 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 of them all. So shot that for a bit. And, and then, and then I got my hand on the CZ P10C. Um, and I was like, Ooh, this feels nice. And ended up switching to the CZ P10C because the F didn't exist yet. And then went off on, on down the, down that road, um, shooting the CZ P10F for, for quite a few years. Okay. And that's where you're at now with, with that. Yeah. Um, well, th this is actually my, um, what I'm holding here. This is my old carry optics gun. This was the one that I got first. Um, it's got the, the co-witnessed irons and the RMR. And I, <laughs> I got this set up and then it was like a few weeks later, the SRO came out, man. I'm just all, all of my acquisitions. Mm. It's just like, oh, there, and then the next thing comes out. I mean, that's, that's, that's why gear is so annoying, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, my competition CZP10F is down in the safe. Uh, optics list because I cannibalized the SRO to stick on my open gun. So shot that for a while um, and got my, my Grandmaster uh, title, which um, turns out um, there's only, there were only 330 um, uh, Grandmasters who shot in 2022. Um, competition Shooting Analytics um, uh, Instagram page has been digging into data and all that stuff through yeah. practice score. And so that's the number he came up with. 330. Um, got my Grandmaster title. And then my next match was North Texas Open and then Nationals. So I got my Grandmaster title and then immediately went and shot two Nationals or, or mm -hmm. two major matches in a row. And, and one of which was my first <laughs> first nationals ever and man <laughs> ah get that that was I, I that 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 was not a no that was not set up for success i was i was tense it was my first nationals it was all this stuff all these people it's like oh there's there's max michelle and like, oh there's you know seeing all these people run around doing that and all that fun stuff and i ended up on on a squad with what was it i think it was like four people who ended up in the top 20 and i think it was three of them that ended up in the top 10 including Brantley that was and he got I think he was top 10 I think he was like eighth that year and of course now he got third um at this most recent national so I'm shooting with all these great guys and it's my first first nationals and I'm a grandmaster and so just like I gotta shoot like a grandmaster I gotta shoot like a grandmaster and that that tension come did not uh did not work out well in my favor um 
at then it was actually after that I set down the uh, sat down the the carry optics gun and shot PCC for about six months um, to to change things up. Um, had fun with that. Um, ended up shooting seventy six percent of Max Lee Grandis at Dragon's Cup, and then switch switched back to carry optics to finish out uh, last year before going to nationals again to <laughs> redeem myself. Ended up getting eighty six percent of nils that year. Felt. But much better, uh, much better about that. Um, and <laughs> and now, and then I ended up switching on over to open after that. Um, when was that? Yeah, so, yeah. I went to nationals with the open gun sitting at, at home in my safe, and so I got it, and I I just shoved it in the safe. I didn't shoot it live fire once. Didn't practice with like I got I got to get this out of, out of sight, out of mind. And finish strong with carry optics before I break out the the open gun. Okay, um, so you've shot, you've competed at nationals twice, twice in carry optics. Yep. yep. Okay. All right. So you did twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. Hmm. So yeah, twenty twenty two, you were fortieth, which that was a stacked field, like yeah, crazy um, stacked. And what's crazy is like I did the I did the I did the the comparison. If if I had gotten my eighty six percent at the previous year's nationals, I would have been I think it was nineteenth. Last year's wow. nationals was just absolutely insane. Yes, and of course, was. this year now it's going to be also in another another crazy stack nationals. It filled up in like six minutes. Yeah, and I was locked out. I couldn't get <laughs> into it at all. I kept getting server error messages. It I just kept constantly refreshing. Thing. It did. Locked everything up. So now I'm on a wait yeah. list that I'll probably never never see the light of day. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. It um, happened. So I take it then you're shooting nationals in June? Uh carry optics um, nationals. Nope, not shooting carry optics. At this point I am uh, I am all okay. in on, on open division. Wow, you and June Kim both. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of <laughs> It's kind of funny. I've got some some local grandmasters that I compete against, and we've been leapfrogging each other um, o- over the uh, over the years in carry optics. And then, um, and then I, I decided I got talked into shooting open by one of my open buddies, and so I, I ordered my gun, I got it, and then I think it was like two weeks later, um, all of the local carry optics grandmasters switched to open as well. <laughs> Um, so now, now we've got all this local open heat, um, here, here in Austin as, as we're all trying to figure out all this stuff and chase after Christian. (laughs) Okay. So what I'm hearing is everybody's like, all these carry optics GMs are like, we can't beat Nils, So we're going to go after Christian. (laughs) That's what I'm hearing. Uh, well, for me, it was was like, I want to go faster. I want to go faster. And my buddy, he was shooting, he'd switched over to, to open and he just kept on talking about how great it was and, and everything, man, I don't, I don't want to deal with the gear. I don't want to deal with learning open and, and all of the, all of the, the, just the new maintenance and like, gosh, I, yeah, this past, past handful of months has just been learning like how to clean and maintain this, this hunk of metal. I don't, I don't want to deal with that. And he went, he just kept on pestering me. And then at one one point we were talking about, I was like, yeah, man, gosh, I don't want to do it. And he's like, man, you hurt everyone's feelings with a carry optics gun. Imagine how much you could hurt everyone's feelings at the local club with an open gun. Like, 
Ooh, that does sound fun. A few weeks later, he sent me a link to a, a used open gun, and uh, I got it. <laughs> so, so what is what is the process of learning a new open gun? Uh, well, um, I keep on hitting on maintenance, and that that's 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 also, so I'll start there. Um, I, I have to clean the gun after every match, and so so it, you know the plastic fantastics i'd clean it maybe once a month and this i have to clean it after after every live fire session and so the process is just a lot more detailed i mean even, even just disassembly there's more steps involved there's more springs there's more intricacies um and and there's there's more opportunities for things to get to get gunked up i recently just had my gun just go go down and it, it was it, i was getting three two three four malfunctions on a single stage and turns out the extractor channel had gotten dirty so i cleaned out the extractor channel um and then it still wouldn't work turns out the springs were loose with the extractor so when i got the gun it the springs were fine and then as the springs in the extractor were getting worn the channel was getting gunked up so there was still enough pressure in there for the extractor to work until suddenly it decided to quit working, which originally I thought, oh, it's it's because I was at a training session. I was just using some old ammo that I need that I need to burn for when I was doing load development. Go to a match and no, it's a mess. Like, okay, clean it out, strip it out, and you know, all this stuff. So I cleaned it and then it got loose. So the springs went from having enough pressure because of the gunked up channel to then being too loose because then they were too weak and then I had to swap out the springs in the extractor to finally get it to work. And so it's just, it's just been a constant learning curve of a one point or another, there's something else with the gear itself that I've had to learn how to maintain. Um, and it seems like every, every month, I think I've, almost every month since I started shooting this thing, there's been some new gear thing that started messing up, messing up and it, it's not the gun's fault. It's just I didn't didn't don't know didn't know how to met to maintain this thing, and I, I got a brand, brand new loading press, and I, I'd never loaded ammo, so I was learning how to load ammo, learning how to keep a an attuned all metal tight tolerance gun, all of these different things on top of the um, <laughs> learning how to 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 shoot all over again. Well, Brian, um, what, what yeah. brand is your open gun? So this is a, a custom build from Paul Rafferty. Uh, well, it's a it's a used base that I, I did change out the grip module and and then a custom top end from him that was that was uh, set to the it was an infinity grip module and then a, um, and then he made a custom top end um, in thirty eight super comp for it. Um, There's. There's a uh, GM in my area who's yeah. been shooting open for a while, um, and he teaches. But it, I believe he's an Infinity Arms um, sponsored shooter. But uh, I know uh, every year he sends, like at the end of the season, he sends his pistols back to mm -hmm. Infinity to have them do like PM on it, you know, some preventive maintenance stuff. Yep. Do, does Rafferty have anything like that where you can, or anybody you know, where you, you know, at the end of the season? Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering if there's a way yeah. to make this easier. <laughs> um, yeah, th there is a local gunsmith um, in the area, and then Rafferty, I'm sure, would would take it back and tune it up. 
Um, and part of it was I, I got this used. Um, and so some, some stuff right. was, was prematurely worn um, and, and all of that. And then I also started messing with it. I, I swapped out the mount and the optic because it came with the Seymour big old ginormous boat of an optic um, in that the optic was so high that the dot was in line with the top of the frame of, of the SRO. That's how, how big and, and wow. heavy that thing is. So part of the issue I will admit is I, I did mess with some things by swapping out the, um, the, the, the optic mount. Um, and then I, I swapped out the grip module. Um, cause you know, it was a, it was a used gun. I, I got what it was rather than getting a full custom tuned to my preferences going to, to Raffrey, which I'll have to do next time. Top end though, the top end, that's, that's his actual work. The rest of it was either used or, or janked on by me. The top end is, is just absolutely fantastic, fantastic, such clean well, lines and everything. <laughs> the reason I ask is, I mean, it, you're new to that platform. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, as you stated yourself, you're still learning open, you're learning how to maintain the gun. Mm -hmm. It is used. So, you know, until things start breaking or malfunctions start happening, you may not even know that there is an issue there. Like the channel was dirty. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So yep. that's where I w I'm wondering if there's a way to just send it somewhere, get it, basically back to new if you know what i mm -hmm. mean where they can look it over just replace the parts that need to be replaced send it back and then you at least you know from here going forward the only thing that can happen right. is something new and and nothing at least you have some confidence yeah. going into the matches <laughs> yeah yeah i could also also want to learn it you know i need to need to learn things myself and then i've only been shooting it since december so you know i'd it's pretty much been my own fault so far is just the, the routine maintenance, um, and, and futzing with, with the, uh, with the frame. Yeah. That, that, is, goes sometimes. That, that is part of the fun. At least I enjoy <laughs> it. So, uh, I have a love hate relationship with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, yeah. uh, new canic rival steel should be in my mm -hmm. hands on Wednesday. So nice. I'm excited. Yeah, I got a buddy um, who just picked up one of those and has been having fun with it. Yeah, I'm excited to give it a shot. Yeah. So how long, all right, so how long after your first match of USPSA, because the, the first competition match you said you shot, you walked slow, you got all your mm -hmm. hits really good, you were in second, mm -hmm. um, but then there was a gap before you ever did it again. Mm -hmm. it, was, it wasn't until you moved to Austin, joined a gun club. Right. After your first USPSA slash IDPA match, I don't know how mm -hmm. far apart those were, did you decide this is what I want to do? This is fun. Mm. Um, well, I, I started getting into it more and more, and I had a little bit of a split focus because I was also getting into running gun competitions, which are um, four to seven mile running courses with shooting stages along the way, rifle and pistol. So I, I, I did that for a while, got, had fun with that. Um, and, and then, um, I, <laughs> I entered into a, a long distance relationship with a lady who's now my wife. So it worked out in the end. Um, but that did 
take up my weekends going back and forth between San Antonio and Austin, which is it's only an hour and a half to two hours, yeah, but still that that's that, not that, that, that far. takes up the week. Yeah, but it takes up the entire weekend and whatnot. So yeah, my 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 shooting kind of took a dip. Women and. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then eventually she did move up to Austin. Um, and, and then it, then I kind of had to re get into it and, and get some momentum and going and whatnot. I'd say I, I started getting serious in, um, 2018. I started tracking my, my training time, um, somewhere towards the end of 2017. And I've been tracking all of my training, logging my hours, um, I think it was December of 2017, but essentially 2018. Um, but through all of that, I, I thought I was serious, but <laughs> there's varying levels of how serious you are. And, yes. and I just keep on upping myself and, and getting more and more serious about it. Um, oh, okay. Hold up right there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Starting with level zero, having nothing to do with the sport at all. 10 being, I, well, I don't know where the scale goes. So zero to a hundred, <laughs> where are you on the scale right now? <laughs> uh, um, I am flirting with the line of having it take up as much of my life as possible while still um, maintaining a relationship with my wife and, and proper gainful employment. <laughs> at, mm. at this point, um, I, I don't, I don't have any other hobbies um, and any other hobbies that I do have are things that I use for rest and recharge so I can train more. Um, so I, so, I, I'd say I'm pretty, pretty up there on, on being serious this year. Your ultimate goal is what? Uh, well, next step is getting my uh, second grandmaster title. And my goal is 90% at open nationals this year. Okay. Uh, so is, is any part of your goal ultimately to be a national champion or do you just want mm-hmm. to be in the top 10% anytime <laughs> you compete? Um, gosh, I, I, I want it. I, I would love it. I, I really would love that. And I, I see the path. I, I'm, I'm studying and I'm learning and I'm reading. I'm, I'm studying other sports. I'm studying champions wherever I can find them throughout various means. And and I see the commitment that is required. Um, if I was single, I'd, I'd go for it. But um, since I am married, since I, I, I do want to have a family and I do want to advance my career so I can support my future family. I do not think I will be able to um, put forth enough time commitment to do what it takes to, 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 to go after Siler. I'll just, I'll just chase that as heels. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. Doesn't make you any less of a shooter. So. Yeah. I mean, I can very, very confidently say that there's not many people in the U.S. or who are better than me, and that's that's fine by me. There you go. And as yeah. long as you like your shirt, you know, never stop training. You just keep getting better. Fewer and fewer mm-hmm. people will be better than you. Yeah. All right. So I want I want to go back for a second to this run and gun. Mm-hmm. So what are you said rifle and pistol? Mm-hmm. 
Are we talking rifle caliber rifle or pistol yeah. caliber? Okay. Yeah, so it, what distances know. are we talking? Well, it's pretty much all steel targets. Um, it does vary. And I haven't been active in the scene for the past few years ever since. I think it was when I got my M card where it's like, oh, gosh, I'm, I, I want to. I want to go get get that GM and whatnot. I, I could I could taste it. I was I was so close yet so far. Um, at that point, whenever I was like, ah, I want to go run it. Ah, no, no, I need to keep keep working on my pistol and, and keep you know. Anytime it's like, oh, I could go to a running gun. Well, that would take away from from USPSA. So that's kind of where it dropped out. Uh, but it's it's centerfire rifles. Um, so generally AR-15s with LPVOs and uh, red dot mounted pistols and it's steel targets um, because there there isn't time to reset. So you're running around doing courses of fire, um, shooting steel along the way and off you go and somebody else then runs in and shoots the course of fire behind you and, and runs off. So it's you know it's, it's like the it, well it's a it is a biathlon where you're running to the, the different shooting positions except instead of the traditional skiing biathlon where you're shooting some bullseye targets, um, it's more of a practical shooting type stage where you're running around from position to position, shooting steel along the way. And for a rifle, um, because it, right center fire rifle, the minimum is what, 70 yards. And so the vast majority of targets are between 100 and 300. Occasionally they'll be within okay. 100 um, and they'll go out to 500, 600. Um, think, think very much on the tactical side of things. Um, and so... You're climbing in cars. One stage, I remember you had to climb a tree and shoot targets down the way. There's low crawling under barbed wire and you know shooting through through you know through tiny little slits and having to do all the offset stuff at targets that are rifle targets that are 300 yards down the way. Um, sometimes you got to carry heavy things and all that type of stuff. So I assume you had a pistol holster that could lock your gun in place. With all of that. Actually, no, I, I just did a passive retention holster for a while and, and tightened wow. it down. Um, and that <laughs> worked. Um, okay. Um, and <laughs> I did, I did see some people with paddle holsters where they're, they're crawling along. I, I ro these things as well. And they're, they're crawling along shooting with their rifle and their, their, their pistol holster and all is just back there behind them. Now, is that a DQ or no? Um, no, um, the, okay. the rules, the, the rules at outlaw matches definitely are a little bit more loose than, um, than USPSA and the more sanctioned bodies, um, that if you, if it there, I did DQ someone where it was just an entire pistol on the ground, but we kind of let it slide because it, it at least stayed in the holster and so therefore was safe or whatever. <laughs> right. Well, I could, I could see needing to be a little bit more lax with that because I could see where. You could DQ a lot of people with holsters coming off of their belt, yeah. guns coming out. You know what I mean? There, there's a lot yeah. of movement going on there. It goes both ways, though, because you know you got you also got to be safe and whatnot. You know, yeah, but yeah, you're you know climbing up ropes and and sl sl slinging down stuff, and you have to carry all your stuff with you. That's the other component of it. So they tell you the round count or the the, the hit count. And then you bring as much ammo as you think you need. And if you run out of ammo, get a DNF for the remaining stages. Oof. And if you carry too much ammo, well, now you're carrying all of that weight for five and a half so miles. Right. So your time goes up. Yeah. 
Okay. Now, at what point after starting into USPSA did you decide you were going to become an RO? Hmm. That was that was somewhat fairly early on. I was still still single, and so I just had lots of time, and I was I was getting into it, and I was dry firing at home. Um, somewhere in there, I can't remember. Um, oh yeah, no. Um, I, I took a Tim Heron class, um, ho- or hosted a Tim Heron class, which is a which was a fantastic experience. Um, and I, I took the RO class before that. So I was starting to get serious, but I was still figuring things out myself. And at that point, watching Tim shoot the, sta- you know, the little stage that he had us do and watching Tim do all of these things, and I'm trying to keep up and not able to, that was what started to kind of like, oh, this is, this is what is capable. This is what people are, are can do. That looks really cool. And that, that's that started to get me going and wanting to push harder and train more because I could see how high the skill ceiling was, um, and 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 so yeah, I was just ROing, ROing local clubs, um, running the timer and tablet and all of that and stuff, helping out. And I'm not that serious of an RO. I'm 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 the I help out at the local club, um, kind of an RO. Okay. More just for your own benefit type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, your entire Instagram page, or at least for a while, I'm not going to say entire, but a good portion of your Instagram page is all about training. Yeah. Was it, was it about that same time that you decided to start posting this stuff or was it just a way to kind of track your own training? How did all of that begin? Mm. Um, let's see. Well, when I was earlier in my shooting career, I knew I, it was sometime a little bit before that Tim Heron class where it's like, yeah, I want to be an instructor at some point. And I knew I needed to learn more. So I was taking classes. Uh, I, I was collecting instructors at the time. All right, just started my collection. Um, and and then I took the Tim Heron class and I was progressing and I was getting better and I was just going back and forth like well, when do when do I start? And when 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 do I when is good enough for me to be able to start teaching people? Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah. <laughs>